at uh, verse 19, and we're going to look at that in the King James Version. And we are going to look at some criteria tonight for the prayer of agreement. We're not going to teach real long tonight because as pastor said, we're going to pray. How many of you want to pray? I love to pray and seek the Lord. But here in Matthew chapter 18, verse 19, in the King James Version, it says, Again, I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, which is in heaven. Isn't that good news? Well, what's some of the criteria that's laid out here in this passage of Scripture? First of all, you need to be on earth. Is everybody in here on earth? Not in outer space somewhere. Not in super duper spiritual land. Not, you know, out there too far. Just way out there. Over spiritualizing everything and, and coming up for prayer and just saying, oh, you know, your eyes are batting and all of this stuff. I can't really tell you what I'm believing God for. It's too far out, brother. It's too deep, sister. No, if you want your prayers to be answered, you got to be on earth. <laughs> and you got to be in line with the word of God. Amen. And a prayer of agreement means that you harmonize together. Agree. You harmonize together. You get on the same page. You're singing the same song. You're in the same key. You're harmonizing. You're uh, together. You're in unity. And again, that's why it's important that you be on earth and that you state your case clearly because your agreeing partner cannot say to you, well, I agree if you don't tell them what it is. If you say, well, it's just too spiritual or it's just so far beyond you, I can't say it. Well, then we can't agree with it. So we need to get on the same page. We need to harmonize. Amen. Amen. There's a scripture and it says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? So we are walking together tonight and we are agreeing. And then this verse is very clear that for the prayer of agreement to work, it says, if any two of you on earth shall touch and agree, it will be done for you. The prayer of agreement is not just you me, myself, and I. It's you finding an agreeing partner. Amen. You know, I know there are people that have issues and they have all sorts of personality disorders and all of that. And maybe, you know, they might think they're two or three people, but <laughs> that's not very nice. And again, I'm not making fun. I know people have issues, but I got to tell you something funny. Huh? Bad girl. This is now this pastor. He told us this. And anyway, should I say this or not? Oh, it's okay. The Lord says it's okay. Y'all understand the heart in which I'm saying this. Okay. This pastor had this lady that visited his church. And uh, after the service, she said, you know, pastor, I really like that your church and your message. But she said, I just want you to know that I deal with schizophrenia. You know, I, I'm two different people. And the pastor, but can I still come here? And the pastor said, do they both tithe? <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> yeah, okay. 
It was more than one, multiple personalities. Do they all tithe? Well, anyway, the point is, what is the point? The point is, prayer of agreement involves two or more people coming into harmony, agreeing on the same thing. And when two of us get together, tremendous power is made available. Doesn't the Bible talk about that one will put a thousand to flight? But then what does it say about two? Two will put 10,000 to flight. That's great multiplication there. I mean, it's great to put a thousand to flight, but when you get a faith buddy, somebody that believes like you do, somebody that loves Jesus like you do, somebody that'll be tenacious about the word of God coming alongside you, glory to God, not just one's going to be put to flight, but 10,000, hallelujah, there is tremendous power available, there is great increase of power that is released when we get into agreement. And that's what's going to happen in this place tonight. Now I know that you all been there. I've been there where you're believing God for something. You're standing and you're praying. You're seeking the Lord. And it just seems like this thing is not moving. And I've had this happen to me. I'll call up a friend and tell them the situation. And they'll say, well, you know what? I'm going to undergird you. I'm going to come alongside with you. Or even better, I've had people call me right when I'm seeking the Lord and crying out to him about this issue. And they call and say, oh, you know, you've just been on my heart. Is there anything I can agree with you on? Well, as a matter of fact, yes. Isn't that awesome how the body works together and brings aid and support and assistance to one another that brings that strength. If you're tempted to be a a little bit weary or a little bit discouraged in what you're believing God for. Don't go it alone. You got family here that loves you. You've got, of course, you've always got Jesus, but there are times that we need our brothers and sisters to come alongside with us. And I've had that happen. And it's like, wow, the breakthrough that I was believing God for came because they offered their supply and they gave forth their faith with my faith. And it brought that tremendous power available. Amen. Now what happens when we come together in Jesus name, he has promised and he has guaranteed us that he is in our midst. We're still there in Matthew 18 verse 20. And let's look at that one in the amplified. If you could pull up verse 20 in the amplified version. I love this. For wherever two or three are gathered, drawn together as my followers unto me, unto my name, in my name, yeah, in, unto me, in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Now, a lot of pastors have used this verse to encourage themselves when two or three people show up to church. Get up and say, well, the Lord said, even if there's just two or three of us here, he's still here. Well, he is. But that's not really the context of that verse. The context of that verse has to do with prayer. It has to do with agreement. Hallelujah. That's why we're going to have agreeing partners. Glory to God. And when we agree in his name, what did he promise? What did he guarantee? I'm there. 
I'm there. Now, for some of you that want to get over spiritual, I know Jesus lives on the inside of us. And I know wherever we go, he goes. But isn't it awesome to reach, hold somebody's hands and say, okay, we're going to agree together and know not only is he in Jane, he's in me, but when we touch and agree, he's in the midst of us. Hallelujah. He shows up with a tangible presence and he takes that need and that request and he's working, working, working on it on our behalf. Amen. So that is so wonderful to know he's in our midst. And then another thing that we need to know in the prayer of agreement, we've got to be on earth. There's got to be two of us agreeing and we know he's going to be in our midst. And then we must know our authority. If the devil's been messing with your family, with your body, with your finances, we need to declare some things. If that's been the case in your life, when you come up for prayer, then your prayer partner is going to take authority over the devil and the attacks that have come against you. And don't you love what verse 18, let's look at it in the Amplified. Verse 18 says... It says this, truly I tell you, whatever you forbid and declare to be improper and unlawful on earth must be whatever is already forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit and declare proper and lawful on earth must be what is already permitted in heaven. Aren't you thankful for that? Whatever we forbid, it's time for some of us to rise up and say, I forbid that sickness any longer in my body. I forbid that rebellion acting out in my kids. I forbid financial lack trying to attack my house. So when you come up here tonight, whatever the case may be, if it is something that involves taking authority in Jesus name, then I want you to take authority in the name of Jesus. Your agreeing partner is going to do that. And we're going to forbid and we're going to declare unlawful. Did you know that you are the property of the Lord Jesus Christ? You are bought with a price. We all are valuable. We all are precious. We were worth the blood of Jesus being shed for us. And you in the realm of the spirit, you ought to know that you got a stamp on you that says God's property. And there also ought to be another stamp, another sign that says, no trespassing. Devil, that means you. I forbid you to trespass. This scripture said, whatever you declare to be unlawful. The law of the Lord Jesus Christ is established. And his law says we're healed. His law says we are free. His law says we are victorious. His law says we are more than conquerors. His law says that he's promised to meet all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We operate by a higher law. We're under the law of the life, under the law of the spirit. We're not under the law of sin and death. 
So if any of that stuff has tried to manifest in your life or in your family, in your home, tonight I want you to declare it unlawful. I want you to say, no trespassing in my affairs. No trespassing in my family. No trespassing in my finances. Devil, that means you. Hallelujah. Jack Hayford said this about prayer, and I love it. Prayer can change anything. The impossible doesn't exist. He is the power. Ours is the prayer. Without Him, we cannot. Without us, He will not. Did you know that prayer is cooperating with God? Prayer is heartfelt communion with God. Prayer is responding to Him. Prayer is not trying to talk God in the notion of doing anything. God's already done everything that He's going to do. He sent heaven's best. He sent the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave us His Word that covers anything and everything that we need in this life. So prayer is not begging. Prayer is not, please God, please God, change your mind. Please God, please God, do something in my life. No, prayer is responding to what He has all Ready, done. We know without Him, we can't survive. Without Him, we can't live in this life victoriously. But He also needs us. He needs our faith. He needs our word. He needs us to cooperate with Him. That's another vital element of any kind of prayer. Whether it's the prayer of faith, prayer of petition, united prayer, another vital element. Number four is faith. Every time we pray, every kind of prayer that we pray, we need to pray it in faith. You can go through the Bible and you can list and, and, and identify all the many different kinds of prayer. But I guarantee you, you're not going to find a prayer of doubt and unbelief. There's not such a thing. No matter, even if it's a prayer of consecration, which is saying, Lord, I'm not sure what you want me to do in this situation, but I dedicate and I consecrate myself to do your will, to bring you honor, to please you. But that's not doubt and unbelief. That's saying, Lord, I trust you. To do what you want to do in my life. I give you my all. So anytime we pray, shouldn't we come expecting? Shouldn't we come trusting? Faith is just trusting God. Relying upon Him. Leaning back in His everlasting arms. Standing upon His blessed promises. So when you come tonight, I'm encouraging you. Come Believing, come expecting. Don't come up with the attitude, well, you just never know what God might do. I come just to give God a shot. Prayer is not a shot in the dark. 
Prayer is not a lucky charm like carrying, carrying around a rabbit's foot. No, prayer is powerful. Prayer is purposeful. We pray on purpose and we pray to the Most High God who is the creator of all things. Amen. And we expect. How many of you are going to expect tonight? Hallelujah. We come in faith expecting. Another thing that prayer requires is speaking. I don't know if any of you grew up in the kind of church that I grew up in, but every Sunday night, most sometimes Sunday morning, they take time for prayer requests. And most of them, people would raise their hand and the pastor would say, you have a prayer request? Yes, pastor, but it's unspoken. unspoken. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Unspoken. Unspoken. unspoken prayer request. And we would all go, yes, amen. amen. God knows. Well, God knows, but I don't know what their unspoken prayer request is. If their unspoken prayer request is, I'm believing for your car, I'm not going to agree with that. If their unspoken prayer request is, wow, that's a nice dress you have on today. I'm going to believe God that you're going to give that to me. I'm not going to agree for that. There's not such an animal as an unspoken prayer request when it comes to agreement. We can't agree with you if you don't want to tell us what it is. Now, I know that there's secret things that weigh down deep in your heart and you don't maybe want to discuss that with anyone. Fine. Then pray in the Holy Ghost over it by yourself. But when it comes to agreement, don't come up here and say it's unspoken. Do I have to tell you? Yes, you do. And it's not that we're nosy and we want to know your business. We just want to join our faith with your faith. Amen. So we're supposed to speak it. We're supposed to make our request known. What are we supposed to speak? We're not supposed to come up here and speak fear, unbelief, and go on and on and on and on and on. About the problem. Or on and on and on about what they did to me. On and on and on. No, we're supposed to come up here, state the facts. This is what's going on in my life. This is what the doctor said. This is what's going on in my finances. But we're going to speak the answer. But this is what the word says. That is what prayer is. Prayer, another, the fifth element and the last one we want to talk about in the prayer of agreement is that it must be based on the Word of God. We've already been saying that, but I want to reiterate. Based on the Word of God. E.W. Kenyon said this about prayer. Prayer should be God looking down to earth and seeing a mirror reflecting His Word back to Him. Isn't that beautiful? Prayer should be God looking down to earth and seeing a mirror reflecting his word back to him. When you go to pray and you spend your time reminding God what his word says, you are guaranteed that his ears are open and you are fully guaranteed that you're going to get the petition that you desired of him. We want to look at two last scriptures before we pray. The word is the foundation for everything 
that we prey upon. And not only can we not, you know, have some unspoken request, but you can't just get some wild cockamania idea from the pizza that you ate last night and expect the prayer of agreement to work. If you come up here and say, well, pastor, I want you to agree with me that when I go home, I'm going to dig, get out a shovel and I believe that I'm going to strike gold in my backyard. You're not going to find a scripture and verse for that. But what you will find is that God promised to meet all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. So everybody understands must be in line with the word of God. Two last scriptures. John 15, 7 in the King James Version. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. See, some people misquote that scripture and they go around saying, Jesus said, ask what you will and it will be done unto you. But that's not the whole verse. What's the first part of that verse? There's an if. You know what an if means when it's in front of a word? Conditional. If you abide in me. First of all, you got to be born again. And there's another and. All of you people from school, do you remember what an and is? Conjunction. And ties a subject with another subject, maybe. Is that right? So, ties, it ties two things together. So, if... <laughs> it does. Now, don't laugh. If, if you abide in me, and means or something else tied to that. What's tied to that? My words abide in you. We're talking about prayer based on the Word of God. If you find it in the Word, it's yours. If you lay hold of it in faith. Now, you may not find the exact scripture that says, you know, you're going to get this job at such and such place. But you will find that He promised to give us favor. That He promised to take care of us. So we're laying hold of the Word. Now, I want to look at this one in the Amplified. One last scripture. First John Chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Again, I want to look at this in the Amplified Version. This has got to be one of my favorite passages regarding prayer. It's got it all laid out in here so clear. And then it's such a beautiful promise, hallelujah, of what happens when we pray according to His will. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 in the Amplified. And this is the confidence. Starts off so positive, doesn't it? This is the confidence. This is the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan, He listens to us. I think we ought to shout right there. Woo! Hallelujah. He listens to us. And he hears us. Now let's look at verse 15. And if since we positively know. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know that he listens to us? 
in whatever we ask, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted us as our present possessions the request made of him. Did you see these amazing words in these two passages? Confidence, assurance, boldness, positively no. And it is a settled fact that if we ask anything, what's the little and in there? Anything, anything in that first verse, according to his will. There's the criteria again. It has to be according to his will. What is his will? What is his will? What is his will? So this scripture tells us that we can have confidence. We can have assurance. We can, like it says in Hebrews 4, 16, come boldly. Come boldly before the throne room of grace. Why can we come boldly? Because we know we're washed in the blood. We know we are brand new creations. We know that the blood of Jesus enables us to draw nigh to him. To have a face-to-face, face-to-face contact with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. That right there ought to give you some assurance. That ought to give you some boldness to say, Hey, Jesus loves me. And he told me to come boldly to the throne of grace. We don't have to slither in the back door. We are not unworthy worms. Now I know that religion will tell you, you're an unworthy worm. All of us were unworthy worms. All of us. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. None of us deserve heaven in our own merits. Every one of us are unworthy in our own merits. But the good news is he has made us worthy. It's not about us or our works. It's about him and what he has done. That will help you in your prayer life. Because if you have this unworthy consciousness, if you have this attitude, I'm just the low of the lowest. I don't matter to God. He's too busy to listen to me. All this stuff in my life is just so trivial when he's got the whole universe to run with. That shakes your confidence. But when you know, everybody say, I know. I'm a child of the Most High God. I know He loves me. I know He values me. I know He welcomes my fellowship. I know He listens to my prayers. I know He hears and answers them. God gives you that boldness to ask God what you will according to his word and you shall have it. It shall be done for them of my father, which is in heaven. We don't answer the prayer. We don't go out and try to make it happen. But our part is to pray in faith. 
Our part is to believe the word of God and his part is to watch over his word and to bring it to pass in our lives. And this word will never fail. This word is true. Hallelujah. And a sure foundation. Let's all stand and begin to just thank him for his word. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you tonight. Oh, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your ears are open to our prayers. We thank you, Lord, that your hand is not shortened. Oh, we thank you, Lord, hallelujah, that you delight, you delight to show us goodness. Oh, we thank you, Lord, that it is your pleasure to prosper us. We thank you, Lord, that when we come together in your name, there you are in the midst of us. Lord, I'm thanking you right now for an anointing to descend upon this congregation. Oh, Father, I'm thanking you right now that bodies are sickness leaves bodies. Hallelujah. Turmoil leaves minds in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for breakthroughs. Thank you, Lord, for restoration. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, we we praise you. We bless you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, there's another element of prayer that we're going to practice after we have prayed together, and that is praise and thanksgiving.